If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. Another great episode this week of Viking 360. A lot going on around Ripley High School. Uh, I got my week started sitting down uh, with uh, one of the Viking uh, understated players, leaders on that offensive line, Matt Armstead, as well as the new Viking defensive coordinator, the man in charge of that defense, uh, Shane Casto. What do you have for us? I talked with... uh the sports editor of the Martinsburg Journal, his name is Rick Kozlowski, and he gives us the lowdown on the Spring Mills Cardinals. I talked with one of the Viking all-time football greats, Mr. Brad Hunt, and I had a conversation with Viking soccer coach Victor Boyce. You know him as the skipper of the Viking baseball team. This year, he's taken over the reins of the Viking defensive unit. Here's Shane Casto. All right, welcome back inside Viking 360. Joined now by Viking defensive coordinator Shane Casto. Shane, thanks for being with me. Hey, thanks, Brian, for having me. First year uh, as the D.C. here for the Vikings, and it's uh, been pretty good so far, man. Uh, so far, it's been, you know, we've done a pretty good job. Um, you know, you and I were talking there before. Uh, I, I think total yardage-wise, we're probably, we've probably given up more than we gained, but at the end of the day, we're 3-1, and one, and, you know, the only stat that matters is what's on the scoreboard at the end, at the end of the game. Your team can create turnovers, and to me, I look back at 2018, the playoff team, those are the teams that seem to, to advance into the postseason, teams that can create turnovers, can get themselves short fields offensively. And so far through four games, I've uh, been really shocked and surprised at how well uh, your defense has done that. We've got a couple guys that you know have either never played before or this is the first year they've had a chance to start, actually quite a few of them on the defensive side. But, you know, they're, it, it's kind of like a bend and don't break type, um, you know, atmosphere on Friday nights. They'll, you know, teams will get a drive going. The next thing you know, Eli Miller has a, a fumble pop up right in his hands or he you know makes a one-handed interception in the end zone that you know where you know two plays before you're going gosh what's he doing and then next thing you know he's right there he makes a play and and gets something big for us you know Joey Ramsey's got a couple picks um you know we've got a couple uh stops on on third and short or fourth and short and get us a turnover that way you know I know turnovers go on you know interceptions and fumbles but a lot of times we've had quite a few uh stops on fourth downs that uh have been big for us that we've turned into scores offensively too so and you look at this team and coach and how they can not only get a turnover but turn it into six points i've seen more of that this year than i probably have seen combined in my career uh, sitting in the booth yeah you know it's it's kind of like you know me i'm a baseball guy i think everybody around knows that by now but uh you know, when you, when you give a good team an, an extra chance, or you know, for example, like in football, you know, we get a turnover, we get a pick, and we're able to go capitalize on that. You know, that's a sign of a good team, especially with with the guys we've got. We've got a lot of young guys out there playing, you know, and throw in a, a couple seasoned veterans like a Matt Moore and a Quentin Joyner and a Caden Hall. You know, you've you've got a recipe to where you're dangerous. You know, and 
athletically, um, defensive-wise anyway, you know, this is year 18 for me, and probably as a whole top to bottom is the most athletic team we've had defensively. But, again, we're still wet behind the ears. uh, But they're fun to watch and they're fun to coach because they they play 100 miles an hour with a lot of effort. You got your work cut out for you this week, Spring Mills Cardinals coming to town. Uh, This is probably as good a team as we've seen since we faced Musselman two years ago on Spring Mills' field in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Keon Padmore-Johnson, that's a name you'll probably hear a lot on Friday night and you'll probably be saying a lot on Friday night. Um, he's a he's an electric player. Um, and depending on what you look at, he's uh, anywhere from a 4-3 to a 4-4 guy in a 40. Um, not real big, um, but they've got a little receiver. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, that's pretty, pretty electric as well. Um, but with that being said, you know, if, if we do what we're supposed to do and play good assignment football, I think we'll have no problem moving the football on them. Um, Probably speed-wise, they've got a little bit of an edge on us um, as far as point A to point B. But, um, you know, if we'll play ball control, hold on the football, create a couple turnovers on defense, um, you know, I noticed a couple of their guys carry the ball awful loose. So uh, yeah, that's been brought up to our guys this week in practice. And, uh, you know, I, I welcome the challenge, you know, especially I, I like playing new teams as well, especially with, with uh, players that, you know, like Mr. Johnson. And uh, it, uh, it'll be a fun night. Important to rally to the football, get 11 white hats around the football and uh, keep them in front of you. You can't let these guys uh – you got to be able to tackle in space, I guess. Yeah, we're going to have we we we've worked a lot this week on, on open field tackling and, and keeping in front and pursuit angles and and uh, you know I don't know we we like to blitz a lot you know this week I don't know that we'll probably do that as much you know maybe here and there situational type thing um, you know with with the quarterback being able to move like he can the least little bit of pressure he gets he's wanting to be off to the races and we're going to try to play over the top and you know defend touchdown to first down. Coach, thanks for your time. Best of luck this week. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it for having me. He's one of the anchors on the Viking offensive line and a key contributor on special teams as well. Brian Johnson sits down with senior Matt Armstead. All right, welcome back. It's that Viking 360 joined now by Viking senior Matt uh, Matthew, excuse me, Armstead. Matthew, what's up, man? Oh, not much. Tell me, uh, senior year, man, it's been kind of crazy. You don't know from one week to the next whether you're playing or not, but uh, you guys have had a great run so far. Yeah, we're just, with me, I'm just going with the flow right now. Don't really know what's going to happen. Just go day by day. Good life lessons for you, though, man. I mean, that's this just as you grow up and and get a family and start working and all that. This is life is unexpected. You never know what's going to hit you, and this is a good learning experience for you guys. Yeah, I'm just taking what I, can, what I can get right now. How much fun is it playing with these with this team? Uh, this team really seems to like each other, uh, and you guys seem to feed off of each other's energy, uh, especially when games get tight. Two weeks ago against Marietta, uh, they were uh, making a push, trying to get back in, maybe tie that thing up. You guys came up with a big play. You've been doing that all year, and it seems like you guys really have each other's back. Yeah, we're really clicking this year. I think more so than last year. Got uh, a lot of young people. Um, it just seems like we're really clicking this year. Your offensive line, you guys don't get enough credit. Offensive lines never get enough credit. Uh, but you guys uh, are really the anchor of this team. I mean, you, you, you look at your running backs, you look at what Ty's been able to do at quarterback. Uh, obviously, they, they're the ones that get all the praise in the press. But without you guys up front, none of it happens. Yeah, Coach Sayer always tells us that linemen never get any glory and we're the ones that win the games. So. You did that against Marietta. You guys had a two-point lead. There was a couple of minutes left in the game. You had to grind out a few first downs. You guys did that, and that was 
much in, in uh, because of you guys up front. Yeah, the energy right down that last drive was just unbelievable. We were all we we're all ready to go. All right, Matt. Thanks for the time. Best of luck this week against Spring Mills. I appreciate it. Friday night's opponent, Spring Mills, has an appropriate nickname. As we hear from Martinsburg sports editor Rick Kozlowski, the Cardinals will put the ball in the air. We're talking with Rick Kozlowski of the Journal in Martinsburg about Spring Mills football. And Rick, the uh, the Cardinals have a pretty explosive offense, as I've seen from their, their scores this season. Yeah, they've scored uh, in the 50s uh, several times and led by a, a quarterback who uh, didn't play at all last season. He was injured. He had injured his leg uh, at a football camp uh, and needed surgery and was out last season. But, man, he has uh, really come back, and uh, you know, he's the, uh, the focal point of that offense. Keon Padmore-Johnson, he uh, has... Uh, Thrown for 1,355 yards with 17 touchdowns and no interceptions. Not a bad ratio. He's also the team's leading rusher. He's at uh, 668 yards for the season with uh, with nine touchdowns. So he's been re- there's been three games that he's been responsible for seven touchdowns, either passing or rushing. So yeah, he's uh, he's a real deal, and he you know certainly uh, you know leads the team. I know last week he uh, struggled a little bit, which is you know kind of similar to what happened two years ago when Spring Mills played Martinsburg. It was uh, Padmore Johnson kind of going crazy early in the season, and then when uh, they played Martinsburg, Martinsburg with a very good defense uh, was able to kind of put the uh, put the clamps on him a little bit. And I understand the Cardinals have a, a new coaching staff this season. Yeah, this would be their third coach in the brief history of the school. The former coach had uh, uh, some issues that uh, we just won't go into, but uh, you know he uh, he resigned his position and and Josh Simon took over. I'm sorry, Josh Sims. Why do I call him Simon? Uh, who uh, a Magnolia graduate who had led Magnolia to a state championship his only year as the head coach in 2014. After that, he moved on to uh, an assistant position at Morgantown, and then took over the head coaching job at Spring Mills this season. And you know, seems to uh, you know have them uh, you know playing some very good football. And, Rick, as you mentioned, uh, Spring Mills is a relative newcomer to the sports world in West Virginia. But what can you tell us about uh, the program there at Spring Mills? Well, they've been a, a regular participant in the postseason, you know, despite uh, you know, the uh, relatively new school. I think, I think they're in the sixth or seventh year right now. Uh, but uh, they've they're on a on a streak where they've you know made the playoffs in in each of uh, I guess all but the previous the first two years of the school's existence, and uh, you know certainly uh, are looking to get back there again this year. Uh, and last year they finally won a playoff game, first time in school history they won a playoff game, went on the road and beat uh, Greenbrier East 28-27, and then uh, you know fell in the second round. But, uh, yes, there's certainly some, some upside at, uh, at that school. And, and, Rick, you mentioned the talents of the quarterback, uh, Padmore Johnson, but do the Cardinals have other players that, the, that Ripley needs to be aware of uh, this coming Friday? 
their main running back, uh, a fellow by the name of Chase Henson, played quarterback last year uh, when Padmore Johnson wasn't available. But he moved back to his more natural position as a running back. But it's not so much he's gaining yards on the ground as much as he's uh, coming out of the backfield and catching passes for the for the Cardinals. He has. Uh, 20 receptions out of the backfield with six touchdowns, so a pretty good percentage there. Their leading receiver is a fellow by the name of Jake McCarron, who has 24 catches with six touchdowns. And then uh, the person you really have to watch, uh, Jameer Hunter. Hunter has 12 catches, but of those 12 catches, he's averaging a whopping 36.3 yards per reception. Well, that's certainly an explosive offense, Rick. And thank you for, so much for uh, sharing your knowledge of the Cardinals with us. Oh, not a problem. Always, uh, always uh, enjoy uh, talking about uh, Panhandle sports. Thank you, Rick. Hey, you be good. was selected as West Virginia's top high school lineman, and he went on to be a defensive captain at WVU. It's time to catch up with Ripley's own Brad Hunt. Our guest on Viking 360 is one of the all-time greats when it comes to Ripley High School football, Mr. Brad Hunt. Brad, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Ray, my pleasure. Glad to, glad to be here. You know, the, uh, the, the award that goes to the West Virginia's uh, top uh, lineman in college in high school football is is called the hunt award and uh, ironically uh, you won that award in your senior season uh, of 1982 brad tell us about uh, what it was like to, to play for the ripley vikings back in the early 80s well uh yeah that is that is true the uh, I, was, I was i was the hunt award recipient and uh, after my, my senior year and that's an award given out by the i guess the, the state sports writers and uh, it, was, you know, it, was, it was a great honor. It, uh, it helped me uh, definitely get the recognition. It helped me get a scholarship to go to, 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 to WVU. But, uh, but playing at Ripley is where it all started, man. It, um, you know, we uh, we had a coach and uh, Coach Marina that came in from down in uh, Welch and kind of turned the program around. And um, he was really, you know, of course, you, you know him as well, it's not better than I do. Uh, he was quite a character, and um, he, um, but uh, he really, he really believed in me, and, and playing for him, uh, it, um, uh, you know, it, 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 he, he really promoted me and helped me get into college too. You know, after I, uh, he, after I got to the high school level, and he, you know, I started, I, uh, I got pulled up from the freshman team uh, at the end of our season. We only played about four games in, and practice with the varsity squad at the at the end of the the freshman campaign uh, with, with Mike Reed and then uh, of course for my sophomore season on uh, I played lineman and and, um, and was offensive and defensive lineman played both ways usually on from my sophomore and junior years but uh, my senior year comes around and we uh, and uh, you know, of course Scotty Walter you know he was our big stud you know honking up the middle three yards in a cloud of dust fullback and uh, he, he blows his knee out the second game of the season so uh, I'll never forget it he Frank calls me up and uh, uh, I think it was after we'd uh, the, the very next game we'd played at Levy Field we played GW he went on to win the state championship that year and, 
after that game, we, you know, we he got against Frank really realized we missed Scotty's running power. And uh, of course, I'd never run him all day in my life. <laughs> he he calls me up. I never forget. He, he he calls up. It's a Sunday night before the you know, school started getting Monday in practice, and uh, basically asked me if I thought about uh, giving fullback a shot. And of course, as a oh, you know, drunk lineman, I I said, you know, well, sure, I'll give it a shot. And, and uh, you know the rest is history. Uh, we, uh, I, uh, I started that next day in practice, and the uh, the first my, my first handoff, I tripped over my own feet and, and stumbled and, and crashed and burned. But the uh, uh, everybody kind of laughed, and he. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I I played offensive line, so I knew the plays. You know, so I knew where the blocking you know, schemes were, and I knew where the backs hit their holes. So it was a pretty easy transition. So the next game, I. Uh, you know, the next that next week, I was the starting fullback <laughs> and, and played the next. I played the last six games of the season as fullback and um, and and did okay. You know, I was, uh, I was definitely the the third and short back. <laughs> you know, like uh, I think they called a fifty-two counter second man was my was my <laughs> play and up the you know, it, was, it was me up the middle. Of course, I was wearing one of the biggest guys on the field. And it was quite an experience. I think it. I think it raised some eyebrows to see how well I did do at that position and. And Brad, let's talk about the college scouts. How does a guy go from uh, uh, the young man from Klondike Road go to being a, a football player uh, at WVU? Well, I tell you, it, uh, it's, it's from having a good uh, good program. You know, Ripley, uh, Ripley had been in playing AAA and, and playing great competition back in those days. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't remember what, if we even had a conference, but you know, we played Parkersburg, Parkersburg High. You know, Coach Wallen, he was my position coach, you know, and he really taught great technique. 
Brad, uh, you went on to become the uh, defensive captain for the Mountaineers, and just uh, as you look back on your career in Morgantown, what are the th- what are some of the things that come to mind when you think about your days at WVU? Well, I'd say um, you know um, probably the biggest highlights of my career was um, being being elected team captain my, my senior year uh, of the defense and. Um, and having, uh, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to come up here at a time uh, when I uh, had the opportunity to become a, you know, top of the depth chart, be a starter early in my career, and uh, which after my first year as a redshirt in, in 1983 season, I started the 84 season uh, with number one on the depth chart at, at nose guard, which I ended up being, after about three games of the season, I changed to, uh, they, they swapped me and Dave Grant from nose guard. They made me a, a tackle. One of my memories of your career in Morgantown was the Hunt family following you around in this little Winnebago, and they took that thing all over the country, uh, following you during your career. That's yeah, that's that, that's true. You know, the um, uh, dad bought that uh, he bought that little RV when uh, we were kids. We took this cross country trip to California one summer when I was about oh, probably twelve, and uh, we spent like a whole summer in it.
expected and he uh he he they never gonna play lick and uh he uh it's just we had such great memories and that thing and had such great history that uh he after uh him and my sister retired the um he had brought over to his place on clay lick and uh money into it and rebuilt the engine and redid it and you know all new brakes and wheels and and uh they it's it's it's, it's back on the road believe it or not that's great <laughs> Brad, it's, and it's, it's a 1970 model and it's still going strong that's fantastic Brad, after your playing days uh, were over, you spent some time in the broadcast booth covering viking football with with rick shadow shannon that i did that i did yeah what a what a fun time that was uh there for a couple or three seasons i don't i can't remember exactly what years those were uh, i know it was at least two or three that uh, that rick and rick and i uh we talk about a lot of fun you know i i majored in communications in in the college and um figured i would maybe work in the media you know when i got out of college or you know i was hoping to go to the nfl but that didn't happen and and so i got a good degree in communications because uh, i was always around the media playing playing ball up here so it seemed like a pretty good fit you know um, communications degree with a minor in journalism and i um so so that kind of just happened rick kind of approached me about it and uh i agreed to do it and it was a lot of fun you know one of the one of, the, one of the, the funniest memories I have of uh, of doing that with Rick, and, and uh, you know, it was fun for us to do the home games, especially. But we'd go on away games, and and a couple of funny stories about that. He, um, you know, like, I think it was up at St. Mary's. We were, uh, uh, of course, you know, the, the radio station pays a certain fee to be able to get in the press box, and somehow they weren't going to let us in the press box. And me and Rick were going to have to. Uh, we, I, I think we broadcast the game from the from the uh, underneath the press box in the stands. You know, Boys, he, he wasn't happy about that. But uh, the the craziest thing was uh, Ripley was playing Huntington at the old Fairfield Stadium, and uh, you may have been in attendance. I don't know, but um, uh, it came the, 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 the got off this rainstorm you, you ever wanted to, to see during the game to the point where we were in the in the booth and we we couldn't see what would be. We had no clue what was going on. It was like a monsoon hit, you know, like a derecho or something. And, and it just we just didn't even hardly <laughs> you couldn't see what was going on for uh, the longest time. And I think they kept the game playing, um, but uh, we just didn't know that. Uh, our, our basically our banter was well, we don't know what's going on uh, still. And uh, it, was, it was it was kind of a crazy uh, episode of, of, of live radio. But um, that that's one of my funniest fondest memories of, of me and Rick. We we still laugh about it sometimes when when we see each other about the, how we uh, fumbled and bumbling around uh, trying to. Brad, tell us uh, what you're doing now. I know you still live in the Morgantown area, but j- just bring us up to date. Uh, that's true. I, uh, I'm in Morgantown. I've uh, pretty much been here since the college days. I left for a few years. Uh, I was in Ohio for a couple of years, uh, just fresh out of college, and, uh, and then down in Charleston for a couple. But uh, I came back up here in uh, about 92. Uh, I've gotten a pharmaceutical sales job in the Coach Nealon helped me uh, helped me with, uh, which was was appreciated. I did that until about 2000, and uh, I've always been in sales. I've uh, I've been in a mining uh, uh, industrial sales position uh, for about 20 years, uh, 13 years with my current company. Um, I, I run I run their operations up in the northern part of the state here in Morgantown and surrounding areas. And we're, 
um, we're a vendor for, for electrical products and a lot of different uh, a lot of a lot of different product lines, underground communications, and some safety stuff, and it's just a pretty, pretty broad um, uh, product line. But uh, it's, it's 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 been a it's been a, it's been a good living, a good life, and um, I, you know, I used to be on the road a lot, but uh, not so much anymore. I've, I've got a guy that works for me that does most of the the running, but um, I'm in the office a lot doing purchasing, and I'm kind of a we're just a two man operation up here, but. Um, I've been at this bus for 13 years, man. They've treated me great. Uh, they're based in Logan, which is a Shadow Shannon's hometown. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you know, the, the, um, our, our, our company was founded and based in Logan, and we have some sister companies in Kentucky and in Alabama and out west and uh, Montana. And, you know, we're some other some other divisions, but uh, I run the division up here and been, been doing that for. We actually started it for them when they first uh, expanded up here. And, so it's been, a, yeah, it's been a it's been a good. It's been a good run. Hoping to stay here and until uh, you know, I'm not quite to retirement age yet, but I'll probably be doing this till I do retire, and, and hope to maybe uh, uh, have some plans to come back to, to Jackson County uh, uh, after retirement to at least have a get a have a place there and here. It's kind of my plan. Brad, it's been so great to uh, get caught up with you and to reminisce about your days with the Vikings and with the Mountaineers. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Really nice talking to you. Take care, buddy. The Vikings soccer team has a pair of regular season games remaining before heading into postseason play. Mike Rubin talks with coach Victor Boyce. He's in year one of the Victor Boyce era of Vikings soccer. Coach, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Well, as we mentioned, this is uh, year one, and how would you evaluate uh, how things have gone for the Vikings this year. I know you're working with a relatively young squad this year. Well, um, honestly, they haven't went the way that I'd like for them to have went so far. Um, we've we've lost a few games that we should have won. Um, I mean, it's hard to say that the season's not been perfect, but the conditions with COVID and those things hanging in the back of your mind all the time, it's for what we've done, I guess it's been successful. Well, now we're now we're heading down the home stretch here. I understand you have a couple of regular season games left. Yes, we have a hurricane coming up this Thursday at home, and then Saturday morning we travel to Winfield. And uh, and the Vikings are, are coming off a, a two-game winning streak. Yeah, we um, we had kind of the, the deal with the gold map. We got to play Ravenswood twice, which was kind of nice getting to play the cross-county rival, um, getting to play them at home in a way that was really nice, and we were lucky enough to come out on the, the winning side of both games. And tell us about the, you have the sectional tournament coming up, and I know that's all, that's usually a, a difficult task. Yes, uh, we will be playing PHS uh, on Monday at 6.30 here at Death Valley. Um, then... The uh, Hurricane South game is being played down at Hurricane. The winners of those games advance to meet for the sectional championship. Then uh, we are actually hosting regionals here at Death Valley this year. Excellent. Now, uh, the Boyce boys have been a part of Ripley High School Athletics for several years now, so bring us up to date on the family. Uh, they're, they're doing well. Uh, Brody is in his first year at uh, West Virginia Tech. Uh, decided just to focus on baseball. Um, 
decided not to do soccer this season with the, uh, like I said, the COVID situation had everything kind of up in the air. And so he's just going to focus on baseball down for the, the Golden Bears. And uh, they've been working on their fall ball season. It's more like inter-squad scrimmages. And uh, Remy is graduating this year from Fairmont State and uh, still hasn't decided if he's going to go back out this year for baseball. Uh, he's talked to Coach Crusoe at Fairmont State about coming to the, out to the team. He would have still two more years of eligibility. And uh, he's going to go for his master's, and I believe he is looking at WVU at this point. And, um, but looks like we're hoping he decides to give baseball another run. And our friend Xavier, I guess he's keeping an eye on the NASCAR circuit, he as always. Is. Definitely, definitely is. He's a uh, big time still in the NASCAR. They're um, in their playoffs right now, and he is glued to the TV. Um, usually starting from Friday until Monday without, without movement. You're not allowed to talk to him at that time. <laughs> Coach, thank you very much, and good luck down the stretch. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ruben. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.